Welcome to the LEO Business Podcast, sponsored by LEO Networks, Ireland's leader in business connectivity. I'm your host, Joe Lynham, News Talks Business Editor. By sponsoring this podcast, LEO Networks aims to equip businesses of all sizes with insights from industry leaders, addressing today's most pressing challenges and fostering informed decision making and empower you with the knowledge you need to thrive in this digital age. Today we have two wonderful guests, Shay Walsh, the Managing Director of BT Ireland, and David Russell, the CEO of Elio Networks, who collectively will hopefully shed light on how important connectivity is for businesses in the 21st century. So whether you're a seasoned tech enthusiast or just dipping your toe into the world of connectivity, you're in for a treat. Hello, both of you. Can I start with uh, Shay? What is connectivity? Joe, uh, that's a very broad question, but it's, in its simplest form, it is connecting uh, a receiver to a transmission. So um, someone wants to transmit information and it needs to be received at its, at its very base level. As we understand it more, it's like uh, uh, in, in, making a phone call and answering a phone call or sending a data packet or sending something through the, uh, through the air on a 4G network or a radio network. Uh, and would it be fair to say that it's difficult to run a business, Shay, without some semblance of connectivity? Um, I would say it is impossible um, to run any business these days, no matter how old that business might be. Right? You know, if you look at farming, for, in, for example, nowadays, farmers are online all the time. They need to, to send uh, information uh, right through to, to Internet on, their, on the Internet connectivity or, or on their own emails. So they're, you know, the most basic um, job that you'll ever have needs to be uh, needs to rely on connectivity. And uh, that uh, is uh, is a world truth it's right across, not just in Ireland here, across Europe and, and the emerging countries as well. Um, and our networks tend to be a little bit more advanced, but it same applies right across the global. I'm guessing, David Russell from LEO Networks, you totally agree with that. Um, I'm guessing also you're probably agnostic when it comes to whether it's a, a cable connecting two businesses or a network or wireless. Absolutely agree with everything Shay says around the importance of connectivity, regardless of the business. For us, we're we are a connectivity uh, provider. We own our fixed wireless network. We work with many great providers like BT, for example, supplying fiber. So we are agnostic. It's all about the quality of the connection, the resilience, and making sure there's a properly resilient solution there for every business. You know, Shay rightly talks about the farming example and agriculture. Everything is now connected. And if you're not connected, you cannot trade, you cannot function as a business. Okay, this brings us to the nub of this issue, David. Is connectivity now in the 21st century the same as a utility like water and electricity? Absolutely. It's as important, if not more, if not more important. More important than water? Might be, mm, for day-to-day life, maybe not. Well, it depends. As some, some teenagers, and they may want to be connected to Netflix or gaming more so than water. But um, for business, connectivity is vital. It's it's You cannot trade and function. If you are a small, sweet corner, sweet shop, most transactions are now cashless. So if you're not connected for your credit card terminals and your e-pass systems then you cannot trade and you have to close your doors right up to large tech companies professional services it doesn't matter what your business is the moment your connectivity doesn't work or you don't have it the business has to stop and you lose money how is ireland when it comes to connectivity if 10 out of 10 means everybody who wants fast broadband has it and one out of 10 means almost no one has it 
For me, I think I, I'd be Shay might have a better insight with BT and 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 BTR and the size of of that business. But for us, I think it depends where you're at. I think it depends where you are. There's some areas of Ireland that are very well covered and have great options for connectivity, and there's some areas that connectivity unfortunately is lacking. It is getting better. There's multiple different uh, types and and mediums that people can be connected by, uh, and we are improving, but we're probably behind where we need to be. What number would you give it, Shay? Um, I think we've come on. If you if you asked me ten years ago, I would have said we were the laggards in Europe. Um, I think we're very much in the top quartile now. Um, if I compare Ireland to the UK, where where obviously where BT's home market is, um, the actual numbers of homes passed in Ireland is higher than it is in the UK proportionally. Obviously, the I think there's 26 million homes. Uh, are in we the talking UK. about high speed broadband only? We're here? talking about high speed broadband fiber. Uh, f- fiber, which would be well broadband connectivity would be most domestic users' um, uh, basic connection to to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so most people would do that. Obviously, there's 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 4G and 5G connectivity as well, but uh, but on that front. Um, Fiber rollout has has improved significantly and has accelerated, thanks to uh, investment by um, Air, but also then uh, encouraged by I suppose a bit of competition from Cyro, who's a, a joint venture of Vodafone and ESB. They're they're also building fiber uh, into people's homes and and in uh, on their network and also the national broadband plan. So to be fair, the government have stepped up here significantly with uh, two billion of investment um, to homes that are economically not viable for uh, an operator, commercial operator like Air or Syro to connect. So the the addition of um, a national broadband plan or NBI Ireland who are rolling out that, that network to the rural areas. Uh, so the bits of Ireland that maybe commercial companies wouldn't entertain. Exactly. So so we're talking about the the, the you know the the far flung peninsulas, mm. um, parts of the Midlands that are difficult to get to, mountainside uh, um, villages and towns. Um, that are just commercially not viable to connect to. That's where the government have to step in and supplement the the cost of that. But then again, you, on top of that, then you've got Virgin Media who are also rolling out their network. They're pulling out their coax network for those who might remember Cablelink in the old days or um, or UPC. Yeah, that network was on a coax network cable. Uh, uh, coaxial cables. Coaxial cables. So so ver- very good for TV transmission and okay for broadband transmission. Um, but but again, not as good as fiber. So, so I think Ireland really has come on. So to answer your question, I th- I'd say definitely top quartile. And if you look across Europe, I think we're, we're beginning to make make very good progress on that front. And that's just the connectivity side yeah. uh, for fiber. There's also um, a radio connection. So, so mobile networks obviously have full coverage, pretty much uh, 99.9% coverage at 3G and 4G. And then, of course, the emerging 5G technologies as well. So all three operators are, are rolling that out. And then, of course, you've got um uh WiMAX so so that's kind of a radio network connectivity as well so um but that hasn't really started rolling out in huge quantities has it WiMAX um well i mean like if you look at the likes of imagine they they have a quite a significant uh, network because they've got you know a, um a, a very large spectrum to roll that out um and you know it's a very it's a it's it's a very kind of acceptable form of of transmission and it's pretty reliable you can get speeds of up to 34 megs on that but but there's no replacement really for fiber. Fiber is the right. is the holy grail of of connectivity. into businesses and into homes. Both. That's super expensive though, isn't it? It is, um, and that's why. I mean, if you think about it, uh, we've been installing copper, uh, old what's called the PSTN network. You know, the old um, 
uh, fiber-based or sorry, copper-based network, mm-hmm. um, and that has been rolling out for probably 120 years in Ireland. So you're talking about taking a network that took 120 years to build and install and replacing with a fiber network, which is you know in in maybe less than a decade. Yeah. So so you know replacing copper network with fiber network is going to take time, but as I said, there are other options like fixed wireless access as well, um, which is which is you know. Uh, uh, with the spectrum that is available, has got high degrees of availability and actually very stable uh, bandwidth as well. So for those areas who aren't covered with, with fibre or as an alternative, as a backup to fibre uh, and, and to copper networks, uh, fixed wireless access is, is, a, is, a, is from my view, is a great infill for those OK, for those areas. David, can I bring you in on fixed wireless? How, how different is that from fibre? People understand fibre in the homes. Tell us what fixed wireless is first. So in simple terms, fixed wireless access is really putting two radios, one at a telecommunication or point of presence or telecommunication tower or point of presence or base station and pointing that towards a premises and getting the speeds and the latency that you would expect with fiber, but through the air. And the benefits of fixed wireless access is that it can be more cost effective in the short term. It is much more rapid. Uh, some of the challenges we do have with fiber is that it can take slightly longer. There's longer lead times. There is areas of, as Shea rightly said, there is areas of both urban and rural parts of, of the island that it's just not possible to get, even with the investment that MBI and, and all the other companies that Shay mentioned are putting into uh, fiber networks. There just will be limitations to do that. And the other really strong uh, piece around fixed wireless access is that resilience. So even if you look at recently the EU directive around uh, finances, that there has to be proper resilient connections in all financial institutions. Fibre, absolutely, is an amazing option, and so is fixed wireless. Together, you have a beautiful over and under solution that gives a business true resilience. You're giving us a good portrait of what solutions are, but let's start where we are in 2023 there are a lot of companies out there that have been quote nickel and diming it i.e patching their situation rather than having a ripping everything out and say what is truly the best plan for us for the next 10 or 20 years is not an issue yeah i mean i think connectivity and the investment connectivity in businesses needs to be taken seriously um and you don't think they are? By many Not companies? all businesses. Uh, we would always advocate you have to have a resilient solution. You should have two means of connectivity into your business. If mm. one fails, which can happen, you should have a backup that your business continue to trade. We talked at the outset of the podcast about the importance of connectivity and uh, that your business cannot trade if you do not have really robust connectivity. So you must look at it in the whole. You must understand, you know, it is an investment. You It's one of those things, a lot like insurance. You do not realize how important it is until you do not have it. Mm. And at that stage when your business cannot trade because you are not properly connected or that you have a connection or a solution that isn't fit for purpose, then then you will know about it. Yeah. And can you take an insurance out of your, of your system going down? You probably can, but it will take weeks to get it back up. The easiest thing is just have really good connectivity. And is that expensive for an SME to, to really start from scratch and put in a you know something big, whether it's fixed wireless or fiber? No, not at all. I, I mean, Shea walked through a number of the different providers, all available through Elio, uh, that are are open to businesses from SME right up to, to tech company or to the larger tech and larger sort of blue chip companies that operate. It's not expensive. We are very fortunate to be in a country that has multiple different connectivity options. There's something there for every business. There's something there that suits every purpose. 
Okay. Uh, and Shay, bringing you back in again, is, is there a country in Europe, ideally, that you would look to as being a few years ahead of us and where we need to aim for? Um, so Germany um, and some of the low line, like Netherlands and, and Belgium, have, have advanced network rollouts. Um, but as... Um, they don't have as many mountains as we do. They don't, you know. They're obviously the Netherlands being being fairly flat, but um, you know, so so they would have invested heavily, and and the UK as well has invested heavily. Um, but I think um, as as David says, fibers still break. Um, diggers still dig up fiber uh, cables, um, and um, you know, uh, so so there ha- there has to be depending on 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 how critical your services are. Um, you cannot with you may not be able to to rely on just one single provider. You can't just rely on fixed wireless access, and you can't just rely on fiber, depending on how critical the services are. And because there's a general move towards software as a service um, and accessing the cloud, that becomes even more relevant. But I think obviously you need to for for SMEs and um, small businesses, they obviously have to to look at their costs, but. You know, fixed wireless access plus a a fiber-based broadband service is probably still cheaper now than it would have been, let's say, ten years ago to get a lease line that would have cost you in know real uh, terms in real terms, yeah, yeah, a lot of money. So, uh, and both of those give you give you diversity, um, and they give you redundancy. So, uh, as as uh, and SMEs should be should be kind of moving towards the cloud to get access to to the great software services that they can get, um, the likes of you know Sage and Salesforce, etc. So having having that connectivity is absolutely vital, um, but more importantly, just having one provider is 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 it can be foolhardy. And as David says, the only time or the time when you discover how critical that connectivity is is when it's removed. Yeah, and then your business stops because people actually over time get you know if they haven't had an issue or an outage on a on a network for for a number of years. It, a little bit of complacency uh, comes in and then in those two or three years they may have added more reliance on on the cloud or more reliance on connectivity elsewhere and then suddenly an outage occurs and then all hell breaks loose because their, their business stops let me uh, read you the definition of a utility the basic idea is that a utility is a service that one relies on a physical network of some kind and two is a basic input into both domestic and economic life a utility is not a luxury. I'm guessing, David, you would like connectivity, broadband connectivity, to be considered a utility. The problem is, of course, um, that can the governments afford to uh, cut the VAT from the top rate to the middle rate by allowing it to be a utility? I think in terms of uh, connectivity as utility, it, it, it's it's just so important. It has to be. And governments have to take it seriously and arguably through the investment that the Irish government are doing, uh, they, they realise the importance of connectivity as utility, the importance of, you know, business as kind of trade. We spoke about that at length throughout the podcast. So if the question is, should that be, should there be financial support around that? Should the investment, should business be supported around making sure they have the right connectivity? Absolutely. The United States, Shay, um, they uh, subsidised broadband for its less well-off citizens during uh, COVID lockdowns. Uh, is that something that should be on a longer-term footing for, uh, here in Ireland, for example? Should the less well-off be paying the same as a, a wealthy household that can easily afford top-of-the-range broadband? Hmm. Um, that, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one to answer, I suppose. Um, 
broadband connectivity, if you if you look at the bandwidth that you can now get, uh, either fixed wireless or fiber broadband, um, and the cost that, the cost that it has, and you look at other utility bills, the likes of um, gas and and uh, electricity, um, broadband comes in pretty pretty cheaply, you know, in 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 comparison to those utilities, and is is vital for as I said, for even, you know, for household, whether that's, whether that's in entertainment, whether that's connectivity, people working from home. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I, I would imagine that it is, it has become more affordable. The, the issue then is, you know, the, the, the cost of that to individuals, um, is certainly a societal question mark and whether the, the government should step in and supplement, uh, the cost of broadband. I mean, like, for me, broadband is is a is a right. Uh, it's a utility, but it's also a, a, almost like a human right. Mm-hmm. So the, you don't want to have more further divides. I and mean, like we do have, we do have a, a society that is you know there is a gap, a, a gap emerging between the haves and the haves nots. And and connectivity also brings with it education. So online connectivity to to you know uh, information, whether that's just googling things or or, or access to online tutorials and training etc um applying for a job you know you uh, you know uh, I challenge anybody to try to uh, challenge anybody to uh, apply for a job without uh, you know getting uh, an email address and 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 an app- online application so you don't want there to be utility to be a luxury um but i think if you're to be fair i think you look at you know the 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 increase of cost of of heating and, and electricity in the last, particularly since the the Ukraine war. Mm. Um, I think uh, broadband probably comes out pretty okay on that front. And I know that there was help offered by by all of the operators. They they got together um, uh, over that period of time, and and there was nobody who who had issues paying bills were were cut off. Though there was a there was a um, there was a decision made by that, which was warmly welcomed at the time by the by the by the government. David Russell, what would change in practical terms if broadband was treated as a utility, as an, an essential service? I think, in terms of the the mindset of uh, decision makers within business, uh, to talk of business specifically for a, a second, is it would probably be seen people decision makers would probably take it more seriously they'd look at the options we spoke about resilience they would find a, a properly resilient solution you know whatever whatever that would be and Shay rightly walked us through a couple of the you know the options fixed wireless you know 4G 5G and fiber so there would just be a different light put upon it the same way we think about water uh, gas and so forth is it's it it would be understood as a necessity people wouldn't question it as much um, you know, we talked about the the cost of broadband in comparison to some of the other utilities. It is, it is cheaper. You know, in terms of you know, the, the, you know, it's more affordable, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, than some of those. But actually, the costs of of running broadband connectivity is is getting is going higher. Ducting costs, dig costs, rolling the fiber. We've seen it with the costs on the national broadband plan. So I think we would think about it differently. We would think about it more seriously. And I think decision makers would understand the importance of having a really strong connectivity solution in their business. And would companies like you that provide uh, fiber fiber optic cable as well as uh, fixed wireless, would it have the capacity to roll out to kind of double its output if the needs would be and if the government said, okay, we're going to now make it a utility and every company is now entitled to fast broadband? 
for us, yes, we'd have the capacity to roll it out uh, within either on our own network through fixed wireless access in the areas we work in, where we're predominantly urban, Dublin, Cork and Limerick. But we have incredible companies like BT Ireland who actually have the coverage across across the island. You know, Shay uh, walked through some of those solutions. We have MBI, we have Saru. So there's enough players in the market to mean that the capacity is there if people wanted, if, if there was a, a step change in terms of everybody having it as a right. In a different podcast, we were talking about ESG. Sustainability is a key thing for a lot of companies. How can businesses align their connectivity strategies with environmental goals, such as reducing energy consumption and emissions? Yeah. um, So, obviously, connectivity is, uh, in in one sense, the the networks that that it delivers are obviously in large data centers, and, and they are... They are a draw, but co- companies uh, are constantly focusing on this, and I'm sure Elio is, is, is no different to BT in this respect. We're constantly trying to take out carbon footprint from um, or reduce our carbon footprint by reducing the the power that's um, driven through the network. So they're becoming more and more efficient all the time. If you looked at um, 10, 15 years ago, um, you know our, our our voice switch would have had a, a room you know, uh, 20 meters by 20 meters uh, full of, of equipment uh, with racks and racks and rows and rows of, of uh, equipment. Um, that's now replaced by one by one rack and in, in, in some cases a, a small part of a rack. So literally reducing your footprint by 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 80, 90 percent and that reduces uh, the power. So um, I, I think I think broadband and connectivity is a huge um, a part to play um, in uh, in the uh, both the E and the and the S, um, in terms of um, driving um, more economic output. Um, so, if you look at working from home and the impact that's had on the environment, uh, less people traveling, um, and m- people having the flexibility to work where they where they where they are, uh, where, where where they need to be or where they where it suits them to to work from, um, as well as driving you know information. That, that makes us make better decisions. Um, David, can I bring you in on future-proofing? How do you future-proof connectivity? Like companies will say, listen, I've got whatever gigabytes of speed coming into my business right now. That's more than enough. Yeah, it's a difficult question. It's a difficult answer because technology is evolving and changing. We saw over the pandemic digital transformation uh, Shay mentioned a number of the different sort of services that people will use, Sage, Salesforce, CRM systems and so forth. We saw a step change. We, we as a business in terms of our customers, but also we as an economy saw a step change in how we interacted with software as a service, cloud-based services as people worked starting with remotely. I think in order, most telcos and most ISPs are aware of this and, and you know, we are future-proofing. Uh, I'm sure BT are well ahead of us in this, but we are future-proofing around our capacity. There was a time when we launched a one gig product, one gigabit per second product that we sold very few of them and people kind of wondered would we ever need capacity of that nature? That was about seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. That's our main product. That's what we sell all the time now. We're now having conversations around two gig, 10 gig. I know Shay would be able to speak much more in terms of the nature of what BT Ireland does as a business, but 10 gig, 100 gig are now common uh, conversations with this with even with, for SMEs for SMEs no no okay. for SMEs it's one gig to it's two gig sort of connectivity right. that's important but for on. larger clients of yours 100 gig that's that's pretty fast isn't it Jay yeah again it's this drive to um, 
the cloud is driving a lot of this because um, in in legacy networks and legacy kind of IT setups, you would you probably have things that were bandwidth heavy in your own premises, so you could actually access it just over your internal uh, WAN, uh, wide area network. Sorry, yeah, local area network LAN. Um, but now that you're accessing it, you're accessing it from a data center. It might be an, an AWS data center or an Azure at Microsoft or, or one of our data centers. You need that kind of level of connectivity because you're downloading massively large amounts of data. And like mm. if you look at, at the amount of data that's, car- that, that, that's, that's brought into the network from, from organizations, even those looking after kind of how, how cars, every car now is sending information back and, and 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 motor companies are gathering that information like you're talking about terabytes of data that are being that are being sent in and that that all has to be processed so yeah you know we're now talking about terabit networks um and we're we're beginning to talk about pico network pico bit network so that that is evolving so so you have to have an underlay to be able to deliver that and then on top of that you have to have the options for connectivity for the for, for resiliency and for redundancy uh, and that's so 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 customers have got the option to pick from from multiple the the, the other uh, evolution is that we're, we're really now talking about uh, software uh, defined networks where um you know the the traditional connectivity is you would have one connection for your voice you'd have one connection for data uh, you'd have one connection let's say for the data center most most um co- co- and this isn't just large organizations smes will have this as well you can have you know fa- fairly um uh, affordable software defined networks where you will have one router that will that will connect to um a, a plethora of connectivity so you could have a broadband connectivity fiber based one you can have a fixed wireless access and uh, connectivity you might even have a 4g sim in the in the router and it will do the it will it will aggregate the connectivity and send out for example critical critical information critical data on one link and let's say you have you have uh, employees who are you know let's face it on 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 to they're trying to get through to their insurance company or connect to facebook at lunchtime or whatever you can send that data out on on a on a different route altogether. So as 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 technology evolves, software is playing a bigger and bigger role into deciding how the information is sent, uh, and and that's why connectivity is so critical to that, um, because it is at the other end trying to make sure that the information gets to where it needs to get to in the most efficient way. David, is there such a thing as data waste? I.e., we need more and more fatter pipes to get terabits of information down but i'm sure the must half of it must be full of garbage people downloading all sorts of stuff that they don't need probably and i think you know even if you look at our storage and what's been stored in data centers around the world photographs we're never going to look at again but that's just the day-to-day usage of of data and of connectivity and i think to you know to to start thinking about like that is arguably maybe not the right way it's we just got to future proof ourselves as consumers and businesses that we have the right capacity the right resilience the right solution in place to withhold it or to withstand it all and to be able to 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 solve you know if there's an increased level of data requirement then the connectivity needs to match it customers always right now if customers are listening your potential customers and shay's potential customers are listening to this and they say gosh i really do need to dump this patchwork quilt that i have in terms of connectivity david what would you recommend they do is there an audit that they need to do or is it some is it as simple as they need to call someone like you guys and you can advise them over the phone or physically come to their workplace well how does it work well they probably want to need to think about what is the purpose of their connectivity what's the purpose of their business 
um, what's you know how important is it to be connected and the answer to that is probably very in most instances and then they'd understand what can they afford you know what is the affordability piece there's there's you know we talked about not nickel and diamond and that's very important there is obviously a balance to be struck and then it's working with your internal it your it company and then speaking to a connectivity company like ourselves who will help you decide what is right in terms of that resilient solution fixed wireless being one of the options fiber being another but it's having the conversations it's understanding the use case and then finding the the connectivity solution that best fits it I presume it would be the same for you, Shay, that they need to do a bit of an audit. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it depend, uh, the, the ideal place to start from is a, is, a, is a blank page where you can go out and get the best-in-class cloud providers for your accountancy software, for your uh, CRM systems, for your ordering systems, whatever uh, financial systems, that's ideal. Very few companies um, start from that perspective. They always start with legacy um, uh, systems and legacy software systems as well. So it's that it's that it's that migration to the cloud um, and how to do that. Um, and, and we, you know, Elio and BT will be very familiar with customers who are somewhere along that journey. And that's why, you know, people are now talking about the hybrid cloud where you have multiple solutions. So you have a little bit of on premise um, solutions. So you might have your your accountancy software on a on a server. Um, in the in a small IT room space. So you wouldn't building. have everything up in the cloud. Well, you not necessarily, you know, it, because it's just it might, it might be economically unviable to go to a full cloud solution. Hmm. So I think people struggle with this. Oh, we have to get it. We have to be fully cloud. We can't have anything on prem. I, I think every company is at a different stage, and and every company has to be taken um, uh, and audited in on on its merits and where they are currently. Um, but but without doubt. Um, you can consume, you know, it's much better to consume on a platform that has, you know, all kinds of different uh, variations of what is required. And then you can you can buy it as a, as a license to for a particular number. So you might not need to buy the entire set of software that you need. You can just pick and choose what, what is required, whether that be, you know, a, a accountancy software like Sage or whether it be Salesforce kind of CRM systems or ServiceNow. All of those things, all those optionalities are much are much more um, available now, mm. um, and and I think people struggle with that journey. I'm like, am, am I, is am I kind of going to be left behind? And what I would encourage uh, SME as well as large organisations is not to panic, um, and not to say we have to just throw out everything locally because there might be, there might be a good reason why you'd want to keep a, an on-premise solution because you know it costs less. You know, it's been you know it's still being supported by the software company. But, but without doubt, you know, the, 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 the case is kind of settled in terms of is, is software as a service the way to go? Of course it is, you know. Um, but again, I, I think, you know, people struggle with that anxiety over, you know, where they are in that journey. Everybody is. And the, the biggest organizations who might be the most technically advanced, including companies like BT, um, do have that hybrid model. They have, they have a number of ways of, of delivering and ideally re- reducing the amount of um, services you have is is better and have you know more less cloud providers. However, you know n- nobody should panic. So, David, where will we be by way of connectivity? Let's say in a decade from now. God, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think if we had looked back ten years ago, we mightn't be where we are today. Uh, we wouldn't be as advanced, and we wouldn't be talking about the capacity that is now required. So much has happened in this last ten this last ten years from 2013, 2014 in terms of our use case, smart devices, cloud. You know, we talked about at length about you know software as a service. 
I think it's inevitable that capacity requirements and usage is going to go up. So that's going to have to be future proofed uh, and businesses are going to have to think about that. But it's in terms of both business and connectivity, 10 years is such a, a, sh- uh, a, far, a far out horizon. Arguably, we're going to need much more capacity for businesses to operate. Capacity, Shay? Yeah, definitely. And, and we can see that the investment that's going into both both fixed and wireless networks, um, it, the capacity continues to increase. As I said earlier, we talked about megabits, then gigabits. We're like, wow, that's a lot of traffic. Now we're talking about terabits and then picabits. So I, I think... Um, the, the, the direction of travel is is to upgrade those systems all the time. We're, we're, we're continually up, upgrading our systems. The evolution in terms of how fibers work and how that spectrums get broken down into different, we're now into different fragments of light on, on fibers. That allows us to get greater connectivity, um, both uh, transatlantic and, and uh, um, submarine cables. So that allows then the distribution of higher bandwidth out into the networks like fixed wireless networks, like uh, mobile networks as well. So the underli- the underlying um, transport layers have to increase in their capacity so that the distribution networks can also increase their capacity. Uh, and the future really is around um, secure access to uh, to the cloud. Thanks, Shay. Shay Walsh there, the Managing Director of BT Ireland, and David Russell, the Chief Executive of LEO Networks. That wraps up another episode of the LEO Podcast. We hope you found our discussion as captivating as we did. Remember, our journey through the realms of connectivity, technology and business continues. LEO Networks, with 25 years of serving Irish businesses, offers a unique next-day installation and connectivity service. So stay tuned for more thought-provoking episodes that promise to empower you with the knowledge and inspiration you need. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts.